0: Hello and welcome to this Youth COVID Challenge podcast, produced in the Hall Green locality in Birmingham and in partnership with Concord Youth Centre in Sparkhill. My name is Ed and I'm helping to coordinate this NHS England funded project that we have called Youth COVID Challenge, which has been set up to engage young people in our local area with COVID rules and guidance and to empower them to make their creativity seen and their voices heard. This podcast is designed to be an open and honest reflection of young people's experiences of COVID, and of the various lockdown measures they've had to endure over this past year. We hope to also touch on some of the prospective challenges that young people may face in the coming months as the pandemic hopefully declines and we see a relaxation of lockdown measures. The Youth COVID Challenge project has been designed by and for young people in the Hall Green area and we hope that this podcast will help us to amplify the missing voices of the COVID youth who have been underrepresented in everyday discussions about the pandemic. With me to discuss these issues are Ikra, Zaid and Usman who have joined us from Youth COVID Challenge and Concord Youth Centre. Ikra has led on the content of the podcast, so I'll let her ask the questions as we go along. So without further ado, I'll let Ikra ask the first question to the group.
1: Okay, thanks. So guys, first question I want to discuss was: how do you feel about the lockdown restrictions being lifted and adapting back to a somewhat normal life?
2: I feel feel quite happy that... uh, The restrictions are being uplifted, and you know that by end of June, hopefully, we should get back to some form of normal. Because we gotta just learn to live with COVID, and not you know just keep being under lockdown all the time. Um, because obviously it's affecting people's mental health and well-being. Um, and a lot of illnesses are being developed, especially like depression and other illnesses. We have to just learn to live with it, just like the diseases and learn to uh, live with it, like take safety precautions, but um, live our lives with uh, COVID.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's really interesting, this man. Um, Zaid, what about you? Uh,
3: Thanks for that, Ed. Yeah, so about getting back to normal life, I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm a little little bit nervous because it's something that I haven't experienced properly in nearly a year so naturally I'm going to be a bit nervous about it but today for example I went to school to get testing and just that experience of being able to see my friends faces and my teachers albeit under like a mask and a screen I mean it's much better than sitting behind a computer all day and talking to like profile pictures and all. so overall I'm Pleased and I'm relieved that we are going back, but like husband said, I agree that we're gonna have to adapt to what the new rules are. I I don't think it's gonna to be totally normal like how it was back when COVID was the thing, but it's better than nothing, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, both of you have talked about that kind of the feeling of having to get, having been kind of forced to put in a position where you've had to get used to life under COVID and in a pandemic. Have either of you kind of gotten used to a routine? that you've kind of gotten used to to help you get through the the pandemic that might be quite hard to to leave once we kind of you get back to school and get back to like a normal life have routines been quite important during this period
3: well for me yeah I think it has been because before school online school started I found myself with not much to do throughout the day and like I know it's popular to not like school But I think online schooling has helped me in quite a lot lot of ways in the sense that it's given me something to look forward to, something to wake up to, if you know what I mean. Uh, Before, it was just quite baseless. My uh, my daily routines were... So I felt that's helped a lot. But I also feel that it's going to be quite hard to get out of that routine because I'm still used to waking up late and coming not having to worry about when I get home or whatever, because I'm always at home. I think that routine might be a little hard to break.
2: Yeah, with me, uh, obviously, a routine uh, is uh, generally, I like to have routine and structure for every day and daily activities. So lockdown has been hard to adapt to a new routine. I mean, before lockdown, I would be going to my academy, or table tennis on Saturday, Sunday, but they've been closed for a year. So I just had to adapt to online Zoom sessions and uh, training in the park, which is not the same as training in person because I really enjoyed going there, but hopefully they'll be open soon when the leisure centre is open. But that's been the main struggle for me in terms of adapting to weekend routine because I would go there two days a week Saturdays and now those two days I'm just at home, so it's about bad.
0: You mentioned training, this man. What kind of training is that that you used to do? Uh,
2: it, it would be a table tennis training. So at my academy in Luzels, they would do um Saturday one till six and Sunday ten till three. So do they would do two hours and two and a half hours of coaching, and then two and a half hours of open play where you have like. Um, uh, knockout matches and like friendly matches then they would also have like training camps where the top international players come and train the academy and tournaments as well
0: that sounds great if any of that did happen or or can happen you've mentioned it being outdoors then it potentially could start to go ahead again at the end of this month I don't know if you knew that but on the 29th of March it's hopefully the earliest point at which outdoor sports can resume again, which is pretty exciting, don't you think?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, my academy, because they do table tennis, is mainly an indoor sport, So they're just waiting for the leisure centre to open. They, uh, The academy, they hire school sports to run the academy. So they go, they're they going to contact the school to see uh, if they can open in April. But if the school wants to close for the summer, then in May, even be September so you goes. just fingers crossed Is April um but obviously he let me know closer to the point
0: yeah so the question contains the phrase normal life which is something we obviously hear quite a lot these days in reference to returning back to something like normal but you're sort of asking or posing the question do we think that normal life is something that we can we can really attain or what will that look like you know will there be kind of public fear, as as all said, of large gatherings or, you know, getting too close to people, you know, these sorts of things, working patterns, you know, you guys yourselves got so used to routines of working at home. Same for people like us having to, you know, do work from home as opposed to going to an office. And that's, that's the case for millions and millions of people. What do you guys think?
2: I think that it'll uh, take some time. I mean, initially, uh, as restrictions are uplifted and We're allowed to go. I I think initially we will be anxious about it, but over time, um, you know, over time we'll just get used to that sense of corona not being as infectious, you know, with the safety measures. So I think initially we'll be anxious, but over time, you know, we'll just get used to
4: it. I think when they eventually do lift lockdown completely, which I think they're estimated to be like sometime in June, is when everyone will start going crazy and people are already planning you know, major drinking parties, the people already planning this. That, and to me, that can be the worst thing. That's when the, if the virus is still about, it's not only going to raise the R rate again, but people can start breaking the law. So maybe a phase return to normal or the so-called normal might be wise rather than, you know, come June, everyone's going crazy. People are already planning parties now. So <laughs> wait and see what happens. But I think young people, regarding the uh, the lifting of lockdown, I think young people have now realised how important school is, especially the ones who are coming up to, uh, you know, leaving school and they've got to take their exams. And now that exams are going to be assessed by someone else and not the normal examination board, they realise how important school is, how important the education is and and their social skills as well. So I I think it's a bit of a um, rough awakening for everyone, parents, teachers, young children. It's a rough awakening, but, you know, it's going to happen. (laughs) Definitely.
0: Zaid, what do you think is returning to whatever normal might be like realistic? Do you think in your estimation, is it something you'd like to achieve or would you like to see a change to the way we do things to move forward?
3: Yeah, I think, like everyone said before, any sort of complete normality or as we're used to, it's far, far away from now. I don't think we're going to be seeing any sort of proper normality anytime soon. But I think the main thing that we have to refer back to is the word that we've been saying quite a lot, adaptability, being able to adapt to certain situations. And we've done that pretty well over the past year, pretty much now. And I think we just need to continue that. Uh, phase of adaptability throughout and I'd just like to talk about that point made earlier about the importance of school The uh, younger people especially those in older years because I think I can really resonate with that being in year 12 the importance of uh, being in school not online school but the importance of normal physical school has never been more apparent to me because as you progress through school like as I said I'm in year 12 so I have my end of year sort of university UCAS exams coming in May so as a result the importance of being in school with teachers and being able to make a good impression upon them is very important for me at this stage so that's why I think that the biggest issues have been with people around my age group, like fifteen to eighteen-year-olds, because the true responsibilities of you know going up have really hit them at that age. If that if that makes sense to you?
0: Yeah, definitely. Touching some really interesting points. So the first thing you said about the, I guess the, the the sheer amount of time that it will take, or the gradual process of of um our lives kind of returning back to normal is so significant that it won't be you know. An immediate thing it will be a long process and then the also the thing you touched on at the end about you know this kind of coming coming around at such a a crucial time for you guys at at young people of your age particularly at that kind of when you're on the edge of of your school you know towards the end of your school lives and career and and potentially you know you're looking forward to what will come beyond you know 18 plus when you're beyond school college leverage. age um which I think is quite an interesting segue into the second question, because I think vaccines are something we haven't discussed in this first question. You know, it's a topic area that's not particularly pertinent to young people right now, but will become so increasingly as we as the months roll on. So, you know, I think that's something Ikra would like to cover in the second question. So Ikra, do you want to ask the next one? So, as I said, the next question is
1: about everyone's opinion and if they will get the vaccination. Personally, I don't know, but I would get the vaccination, just so I'm well protected but at the same time, I'm not too sure about it. I have in my research, but I'm still fuzzy in the area if I want it or not.
0: Have you, Icarus, have you spoken to any of your parents or carers or I'm any of not- the adults in your life about it?
1: My mom has actually had her, and so has my sister. And after my sister had it, she became quite ill, but she's doing better right now.
0: Had she? Can I ask if you don't mind? Had she already? Do you know if she'd had COVID at any point? Has she tested positive before before no. having the vaccine at any point?
1: No, our entire family has stayed back. covid 3 the entire been
0: Was she? Is she um, a medical worker, social care worker, or anything like that?
1: Um, no, she. She's
0: on the priority list. Okay, and was she quite keen to get it then, or was she a bit reluctant like yourself? She
1: wanted to get
0: because she thought it'd help her. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because eventually, young people will be offered it, and I'm sure there'll be there will be reluctance, just like in any age group. But I'm sure there'll be lots of there'll be lots of people who are quite keen as well. And but I can see it being for a multiple multitude of reasons. Primarily, obviously, to to look after their own health, and also to kind of protect other people and, and immediate loved ones who are potentially vulnerable, who may or may not have had it themselves, the vaccine themselves for whatever reason, but also something that I thought about is that there's talk about. I mean, I don't know if it, there's any if it will happen or if there's any truth to the to what's been said, but that that having a vaccine, having proof of ha- having had a vaccine, might be useful going forward in terms of like. Being able to go abroad or going to events, you know, which is obviously something that is is particularly appealing to. You know, even go, going to the cinema, I don't know how realistic that actually is. Some, you know, doing things that young people obviously like to do and will want to do when they're allowed again. What do you think to that? Do you think knowing of uh, people that you know your age, what do you think the motivation would be to to getting a vaccination when they're offered? Mostly to care
1: for the loved ones and those that are vulnerable probably the main reason
2: to
0: mm-hmm. have class accept, you'd say. Yeah. What do you think? What about you?
2: I would take the vaccine because uh, uh, obviously if it's approved, which it should be, then I wouldn't doubt it. And plus, uh, by taking the vaccine, it allows you to do things that um, like that you enjoy doing, like going to sports stadiums to watch football a lot of the fans would have to get vaccinated so anything you enjoy doing um, whether it's going to cinema or going to watch football you're going to need to have a vaccine or even traveling abroad so I wouldn't uh, make I wouldn't want to make that a barrier uh, for me so I would want to take it plus uh, I I would uh, trust public health message and uh, obviously, I wouldn't believe the propaganda that's happening regarding the vaccine that this it controls. you. I would take it because um, I genuinely believe in, in news around it; that it's there to protect you.
0: That's brilliant, Just out of interest, what what you you said propaganda, which is quite a a powerful word. What sorts of things have you have you come across or or heard?
2: Uh, I just heard that uh, there's some things i read on the news that i don't know if it's real but they got that the vaccine is trying to if you take it it controls uh the way you live like it controls your mind and stuff so i don't genuinely believe in that because uh obviously i genuinely believe that um it's there to protect you because i know um you know like um uh, some of uh, the people i meet in my local community in mosque they like vulnerable and they've taken the vaccine and they go, they feel better so uh, yeah i don't believe in the in the things they say it gives you side effects you know i don't really believe in that i genuinely believe it's there to protect you i mean my parents have got a letter uh you know offering them for a vaccine they did say they're gonna make an appointment and uh, take it because my mom had corona back in march last year uh, she obviously recovered. My father hasn't got it yet, so he said he will take the job.
5: How do you feel about the statement when somebody says, for example, it's taken nine months or whatever to find a vaccine <laughs> for COVID and we've had cancer for so many years and they couldn't find a, can- a vaccine for cancer or some kind of um, way to, you know to stop cancer? How do you feel about when people say things like that?
6: I think if that was the case, and you're talking about somebody who's got a life-threatening situation, then that's obviously a different—that's a different thing altogether. So,
5: so how, how do you feel about the vaccine? How do you feel about when I mean, would you get the vaccine if it was?
6: Yeah, I mean, people. if it's if it's safe enough to get, then you know, as as minister said, that you know, I wouldn't really doubt it. So I think, yeah, I think if it's going to work and it's effective. Then, yeah.
5: Would you have a message for anybody that's sort of doubting it and 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 like these sort of people that you know who have just kind of ride off all these myths that have come out and stuff? And you know, one of them was around sort of. That it's, it will affect your fertility. I think somebody was saying, or one thing that I've heard, yeah, yeah that you won't be able to have as many uh, children, or it might reduce your fertility, and it's kind of population control. That's one of the, that's one of the things I've heard. How do you feel about somebody when they?
6: I think that just seems like it's taking it too far. Maybe that for me, that personally sounds more like a rumor. So I I, I don't think that's necessarily true, unless I heard it from somebody from. You know, put, you know somebody who, like the scientists, for it's example, or somebody who, in the area of work, then that, then that's different.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you raise that ideal because I remember attending a, a webinar that was run for people who, in my job, I'm I'm receiving updates from the city council about sort of local and city wide updates to do with COVID and the testing centres that are being rolled out and the vaccinations, etc. And there was a, a webinar with a man called Dino Motti, who I think is Italian. And he is like a, he's, he's one of the main guys in, in terms of Birmingham public health. He's, he's quite important. and He was asked this question by a member of the public. So about the fertility, which yeah. is definitely one of the, as you said, there's potentially pushing it a bit too far, but it's definitely a really powerful myth around the vaccine. And he, he categorically said that, you know, there's, there's no evidence that is the case. There's, Nothing that suggests that that is is true um, that it affects your fertility, which I think is is Liz, as you said, is something that I wish like everyone could have could have heard him say that and have have been there and seen it because it's it's very very reassuring to to be in those positions and to hear it from people who are really qualified and really know what they're talking about. I think that's so important as well. I don't know about you guys, but the just as Liz said, the hearing it from from experts and people who have studied these sorts of things for for years and are really really qualified to do it for a living, you know. And Usman, you were, it's it's lovely to hear your you know you have that similar kind of faith in public health and the information that comes from those kinds of sources. I think that's really, really good. I'm interested also in the in the the role that young people feel like they have in influencing the decision of your their parents or or family members, uncles, aunties, people that are older than them who might be in a position where they themselves don't really understand the messages that are coming from the NHS or the government about vaccines in particular, because it's more relevant to them. I don't know if you you guys have had conversations with, uh, Ikri, you said your uh, mother has already had hers. Uh, the other guys, I don't know if you've had conversations with your parents, carers, any other adults in your life about it. Be quite interested to hear.
3: Yeah, so my dad who's had the vaccine, uh, who happens to be uh, a GP, he, he, me and him have had quite a few talks about, you know, what could be, in the vaccine and just mm. stuff about the vaccine in general. I'm trying not to be, you know, skeptical about it, but he's obviously out of his goodwill is trying to make, not make it, but advise me to get it. But I guess at this young age, many people have doubts, if you know what I mean. You become less. What I found is that at a young age, you tend to doubt things more, but then as you go older, you, ch- you tend to trust things more, if you know what I mean. So I'm not saying I like doubt the uh, authenticity of the vaccine. If it's helpful, then yeah, sure, we should try to all get it. But I just uh, guess young people have that doubt of the vaccine because of how uh, they think—not me personally—but how some people think the government have handled this situation so far. Some think that some are basically not very trustful of the government and what they tell them at this point.
0: That's really interesting, Zaid, particularly the that you perceive young people to be more critical and doubtful of information that's fed to them, perhaps as opposed to older people or adults generally. It's really interesting. I wonder how, what do you think? Do you think that will be reflected in the kind of the uptake of the vaccine as it kind of rolls down the, the age groups? As in, do you think young, you, there'll be more reluctance as as it kind of reaches the age groups closer to you guys?
3: Personally, yeah, I think as the government tries to get more and more young people vaccinated, there will be more, I think, rejections of the vaccine and people trying to, uh, well, not people not wanting to get it even more. For them, I think that if it's proven to be effective and it's Helpful because already we've all seen the negative uh, impact this virus and pandemic has brought on us all. And if we've been given a solution to that, something that could end the uh, short term suffering we've had over the past year, then I think it'd be foolish not to get it. But I think more people just want to look at the facts and figures before getting it, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And in a way, you know, I think objectively that. The process of young people, the phenomenon of young people being critical and thinking independently, I think, is really important and is something that should be encouraged, I think. With regards to public health and with the vaccine, I think it's a slightly different conversation, as as all of us have noted, because it's so important in protecting our loved ones. They're vulnerable, but also ourselves. But this is precisely why we wanted to to initiate this, this Youth cover Challenge project as a whole and especially the podcast is to hear that, hear your voices and hear that opinion because it's it's so true that young people have so much to say and are so kind of bright and energetic and can and can contribute so much to public conversations That, but unfortunately, you know, are not included so often for one reason or another, you know. Ikrid, should we ask the third and final question?
1: How everyone upkept the mental health and what activities they they did to keep the mental health in
0: check or well. So what activities everyone's been up to, what people have done to keep their mental health in check throughout the last year? Who fancies a go?
2: Uh, I've been uh, obviously training with my mate in the park, mainly uh, training basketball, although it's my second favourite sport, my main sports table tennis, but Obviously, during lockdown, I've been mainly playing with my mate in the park and going out for walks, you know, as exercise and watching uh, basketball on TV. So uh, doing things around my hobbies that would uh, keep me entertained to help get through that time and reading uh, books as well.
3: That's
0: awesome. Side, so, what about
3: you? I found going outside, obviously following measures. Has helped me a lot, just even if it's for five minutes every day, just stepping outside and going for a short walk, or even just stepping outside has been really helpful for me to just clear my mind after staying inside all day. I found that I don't even need to, me personally, do any sort of physical, laborious task or exercise, just going in my garden or out. Walking walking out on my street has been very helpful to clear my mind, get, especially at night, concentrate and get ready for the next day. What about you, Ed? Uh, what have you found useful?
0: Personally, I found that getting out is so important, regardless of what it is, be it a walk, a walk with a friend, a run, I've been trying to do a bit more recently, because I think, you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't quote anything now, I'm going to say, it, you know, it'd be great to back it up with something, but I know there have been all sorts of, of studies and, and research done on the the effect that outdoors time, even as as you said, just five minutes, can have on your brain activity and how kind of you know sharp and concentrated you'll be and focusing in whatever your um, your whatever task you're, you're you're working on when you sort of come back to it. So I think getting outside as much as possible, especially as the weather gets nicer, and just trying to maintain as much of a routine as possible when working from home especially and, and making time in that routine for things that bring me joy and satisfaction, basically. So doing some reading, playing my guitar, that sort of thing. So simple and, and we hear it all the time, but it's so important and, and crucial, as I say, to to keeping going and, and enriching whatever we are doing, be it schoolwork, be it work, be it, you know, other creative endeavors and stuff. Ikra, how about you?
1: For me it's it's usually that fits to be honest. Because I don't re- I don't think I've actually left the house for weeks now. have just been doing online shopping, especially for groceries. And the only time anyone's been out is just my mom and my sister for the vaccination. That's about it. So since college is about to start in less than three weeks, I'm a bit out of, I'm a bit out of practice for my timing. I'm usually up all night. And wake up late so that's yeah. probably the time
0: that I to work on kind of brings us back to the the first question when you, you know you're talking about getting back to that routine and being kind of really out of sync with it will you find that challenging do you think kind of getting the maybe the sleep schedule back in track and you know getting up in the in the morning and, and having your pre-college routine and stuff I
1: don't think it's going to it's going to take a while but I, I'm actually excited to get back into college because uh, I look better in college than at home. It's, it's, everyone I talk to is David wants at home, but I just, I want to get out
0: of the house. So the rest of us, what do we, ideal, Marty, Liz as well, especially? what would you suggest maybe in your experience of dealing with coping your, with your own mental health and, and advising other young people, what would you suggest maybe to IKRA? There's a perfect case in point of, you know, having... Family member who is vulnerable. Have not been outside for quite a, a few, a number of weeks, but facing you know the prospect of getting back out and going to college next week?
4: I think getting out of the house is key, just so you can get some fresh air and get start socialising again, even in your own little group, not as a, as a big group or you know breaking the law. I think last year for me, that one things I started doing I've done before was walking. The first I walk is to the car, and I get in the car and I drive. I don't walk anywhere, and. Last year when the um, restrictions lifted, lockdown lifted, me and Adele and one time me and Natalie went to the park and we walked around the park to meet the young people, met Usman and other young people in the park. We bumped into quite a few young people that were at the centre, you know, going back 15, 20 years ago. So we caught up with them. Things like that was good for their mental health, the catch up with us, the plan what's going on. And it's also good for like, like me and Natalie or me and Adele. To see young people witnessing for ages, like grown men now or grown women with children of their own. So that was good for us. You know, you, you walk away from that thinking, you know, we knew them when they're little kids and all big now. Like walking, you know, I walked around, I live in Great Bar and I walk around the area and things like that. Whereas um, the year before, I didn't walk anywhere. Um, reading as well, a bit more reading. And I think doing these Zoom sessions, especially during lockdown, for family, because in our family we have quite a few um, quizzes. And we've got family in London, Manchester. So sometimes we have like you know quite a few people all getting together and having fun and you, you have a catch-up. So that was good as well. That helps your mental health. You get to know what's going on. Anyone's got any problems, you can you know help to other your problems or give advice. And it's just good to see family. My nephew had a baby, uh, his wife had a baby, I should say, during lockdown. So it's good to him to send videos through every now and again the baby starts crawling, he's giggling. You know, that's, that's fantastic. That helps your mental health. But,
0: you know, anything? I really love that last one, especially because it's something that has impacted us all in completely, you know, in, in, in very different ways because we all have completely different circumstances at home. But, you know, the one thing that has been a common denominator has been that isolation. And so with that comes, you know, separation yourself from family members, which can be really difficult, friends as well. So Ika, I don't know if that's something that that you've experienced but Marty raised a really, really good point at the end about, you know, keeping in touch, finding ways to keep in touch with friends and family that you might not be able to see currently can be a really, really, whilst being at home as well. Yeah. <laughs> whilst getting out is important, obviously, but, but it's something you can do at home. That's that's the, the best thing about it. And whilst it's not a replacement for proper contact, it has made a lot of people, I'm, I'm aware, myself included, more inclined to to actually kind of reach out a bit more, which has been one of the... I'd say one of the, the good things to come from the last year. Usman, how about you?
2: With me, is um, I would say uh, socializing again is uh, an important thing to do. It's beneficial for your mental health because it distracts you from probably the tough times you've had in the past. So, like uh, talking to people about how you feel, getting it out of your mind, and speaking to people who can help you with your mental health is probably a good thing and obviously going out to exercise regularly even if it's once a day is probably a good way to cope and uh, not just this pandemic but if there was something in the future or just generally like exercise it's very beneficial in itself it keeps you in shape and uh, you get good fresh air so um that's that mainly doing things that you enjoy whether that's watching sports on tv or playing it in the park to keep yourself active
0: absolutely yeah it's a great you know combination there of uh it's a good uh checklist of sorts or recipe for uh, keeping on top of your your mental health i hope that was useful and i hope it was useful for everyone else as well thanks for listening to this youth covid challenge podcast in partnership with concord youth center we are an NHS England funded project and are keen to see young people engage in COVID messaging to help empower them to stay safe and to stop the spread. We work as part of Hall Families who support children, young people and families in the Hall locality in Birmingham. And for more information, please visit hallgreencommunities.org.uk and share this podcast with your friends and family.